Welcome to the Consciouspreneur Podcast, where we discuss and apply the principles of mindset, leadership, and business building strategies that align with our purpose, honor the people we work with, and generate a sustainable profit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Consciouspreneur Podcast. You know me, Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, as your host. And today we're speaking with Sherry Burke. Sherry is an author, a personal and perf- excuse me, a personal and business reinvention strategist, and an accomplishment guide for the woman professional who is struggling to find satisfaction and happiness in their current situation. She's got a new book coming out in October called Everything I Learned About Life I Learned on Vacation. And we are going to talk about the stories that that led her to that book and the wisdom that she shares in that book. So Sherry, thank you so much for making time for us today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, so much. In fact, we were just talking about, we're coming into this conversation and we both expect to have a lot of fun uh, in this conversation. So let's start with your background story. Before you, you you wrote a book, who were you and what was important to you? Oh, well, I spent about 30 years, well, over 30 years working in private industry and large companies and small in the finance organization, finance and accounting. And I noticed, especially when I was going through my college courses early on, it was a subject that a lot of people had that deer in a headlight look. And I just found it easy and fascinating and kind of fun. And I worked with different teams of people. I was a manager for many years and had an opportunity to develop people and to mentor people. And I loved it. I I think I liked that more than I enjoyed the finance and the accounting aspects of it. And I also did quite a bit of travel as I uh, was doing my job responsibilities. So it gave me that toe into traveling and making adventure out of it, even though it was business travel. So when I left private industry, it seemed to be only natural that I would spend more time mentoring women, especially when they might have a crisis in their life because I experienced a number of different situations that made it, um, you know, kind of tested your mettle, either made you or broke you. And I discovered along the way tactics and strategies for getting through that. So it only became natural to share that with especially other women. And it became a passion to support women in becoming the very best that they could be no matter where they were at the time. So that's kind of some of the the high level of the background. Got it. So you're really a champion for women uh, to live their best lives. Absolutely. What would you be willing to share a story of one of those situations that really tested your metal where you learned what you now teach to others? So 
Certainly. Probably the one that comes to mind first is I had um, been laid off from a position through no you know, wrongdoing of mine. The company was going through some difficult times. And as a result, they were doing a, a reduction in force. And I was fortunate because at that time I had uh, vice president privileges. So I had a long severance. And I thought, if ever I am going to start a business, this is the time. And that was back in the 90s. So I spent time doing that. And I had come into that already with fairly high debt level. So I either had to make this, this business profitable in a short period of time, or I was in trouble. And that first year, I made 10% of what I had made the previous year. And before too long, I wound up seeing the writing on the wall and I found myself in bankruptcy. And bankruptcy, just even thinking about it, was a devastating kind of situation. And having to actually follow through and do it was totally traumatizing. And because I still had the ability to make money, I was at that point starting to make money in the business. And I was um, moving towards going back into private industry. I had to kind of buy my way out of bankruptcy. I had to pay off a portion of it. And so I found myself in that situation where I felt personally just devastated. How could I, with the background in finance, find myself in bankruptcy? I was ashamed. And at about the same time, because of similar and different circumstances, I lost my home. My fiance had said he didn't really want to move forward. And he walked out. And I found myself just completely stripped of everything that I had worked so hard for. And so it was just literally, I found myself one, uh, probably truthfully more than once on the floor of, of my hall, just wrapped up in, in, you know, a ball, just crying my eyes out. Just how did I get here and what am I going to do? Well, I had to really dig deep and I decided I made a decision that I was going to have a future. I was going to have a, a, a profitable future and I was going to have a million dollar balance sheet. And it didn't happen overnight. It took several years, it took quite a few years, but I was digging deep and continued to work towards it and continued to deal with the feelings of the bankruptcy and how that put a shadow on my, my credit situation. And I eventually got to where I had a new home and I gotten remarried and I had um, that million dollar balance sheet. Wow. 
Wow. That is a story going from the floor to a million dollar balance sheet. Yeah. I, I, I really appreciate you mentioning the the part of that story where the irony, I guess, of you as a finance expert experiencing bankruptcy. Like you must have really been questioning yourself uh, through that process. Oh, totally and completely. It was one of those things of how could I, who supposedly had the training and the wherewithal and the experience and the expertise to do better. But what I found is that just because we can do that for someone else's business, we don't always apply it to our own business. And, you know, it's just, oh, I'll do it later. It's too hard. I'm fine. Things are great. I'll keep doing this. I can keep spending. And and then somebody puts a stick in the bicycle wheel and it all abruptly changes. Yes. Oh, I love that analogy too. <laughs> Just that whole total spill, right? Head over heels uh, spill like that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That And so the things that I learned along the way, I teach other women. and. I I um, found that during that period of time, I couldn't indulge in anything to excess, whether it was spending or drinking or or other misadventures, because it would completely derail what I was doing. So I had to find alternatives that would keep me moving forward. And so in those alternatives, which really included leaning deeply into a higher power, a spiritual relationship, a connection, and to being of service to other people, that I was able to reestablish my self-esteem I was able to reestablish my uh, professional stature. I was re- able to establish my overall well-being, including financially. I really appreciate you sharing this story because I think that a lot of us carry around these stories. Like if I fail, then somehow that's the end of it, right? There, I, I, failure can mean death. And I think unconsciously, our unconscious mind kind of elevates mm-hmm. failure to that level. And so we say, oh, I don't want to die. So let me pull back and, and not even try um, and, and give myself the, the possibility of failure, right? So that's, that's another possibility that you didn't take. One of the other things, though, that too, that I heard you say is that you made a decision. Mm-hmm. And you said that lightly, but I think that is, I would say that that sounds to me like the pivot point, right? From where Mm -hmm. you were on the floor to shifting to now this million dollar balance sheet, you had to make a decision and you made a decision about, I want this million dollar balance sheet. And it wasn't, 
and, t- and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm hearing is that it wasn't necessarily about the balance sheet, but that you decided that you were worthy of that outcome. So whatever yes. the outcome was happened to be a million dollar balance sheet for you, but whatever yes, for me, yeah. yeah, for me, it was that million dollar balance sheet for someone else. It may be a relationship with their family for someone else. It could be, um, you know, sobriety for someone else. It, it could be uh, wanting to travel all the time. But for me, it was kind of that I'm going to show myself more than anyone that I can pick myself up and create a future richer than my past. And that and it wasn't all about the money. Don't get me wrong. I had rich relationships with friends. Like I said, I got remarried. I did get a new home and we did a lot of entertaining. And it's just been, uh, you know, along that journey, there were a lot of other things that were going on as well. Well, I, I, I like that part of the story too, because I think that, um, I, I believe we get messages from the universe or God or, you know, whatever your, your, ref, your reference point is on that. But if we're not saying yes, I think the opportunities keep coming to us. And if we, as long mm-hmm. as we continue to say no or ignore it or kick it down the road a little bit, these outcomes are going to happen. And it's amazing how often financial relationship, health, um, all of these things happen to us like in a short period of time. And it's mm-hmm. to me, it kind of looks like, okay, I'm getting down to the rock bottom. There's nothing else I can lose here. Am I going to now sit up and make a decision about what I'm, what I'm really worthy of? And it really is making that decision. And, you know, I, there are, course been other experiences that it took the courage of choosing a yes rather than uh well i'll just sit here and tomorrow do it or i'll just sit here and let someone else uh, do it for me or uh, it had to be i choose yes and then the action yes Oh my gosh, that and again, I love that you're you're getting into these little micro things that we often overlook. So we decide and then we make choices on a daily basis, on an hour to hour, a minute to minute basis. What choice am I going to make? Am I going to make a choice that's going to end me back up on the floor or am I going to make a choice that's going to move me towards my ultimate dream? Mhm. Yes. And sometimes just standing up and taking a step, not knowing where you're going, is is the choice. And I found a lot of times it's, I didn't know what the end result was. I didn't know where I was going. It was just taking the next indicated action and just taking the next one after that. And as long as I was in motion, the universe would bring other opportunities to me. But if I sat, then, you know, I was still and nothing was going on. Absolutely. That, that inertia, right? 
Things that motion mm-hmm. tend to stay in motion and things at rest tend to stay at rest. Yes. I think that applies exactly. to this as well. It does. It does. And I think it's important that we don't always know exactly the path of where we're going, but it's just what's the one next thing? What's the one next best thing I can do to assure that I'm moving forward. And then as you're in that motion, things start to, you know, they're the next best thing. Yes. It is amazing how the path kind of unfolds for us as we take each step. And I, mm-hmm. and I think the other piece, though, that's important about this, and I don't think we've touched on this yet, is that idea that I, I think most of us have been taught that we got to go out and make things happen for ourselves, right? We got to make this million dollar uh, balance sheet happen. But what I hear you say is that's my vision. That's that's where I'm going. That's the direction mm-hmm. that I'm moving in. But I don't know how to make this. Ha- I'm not making this happen. This it, It's I'm in alignment with the universe or um, whatever this higher power is. Right. And now I'm taking cues from what I see. I know what I want. I still know what I want. But now I'm taking cues from what's happening around me to move me in that direction rather than me. Cause you know, I love to make plans and let's, let's map out the whole plan. Let's map out the trip and where we're going to stop and where, what, you know, how long we're going to stop. And instead it's more of a, an intuitive experience. Yes. What is it that I want? And then what feels, what am I being drawn towards? Exactly. It's, it's one of those things that, you know, some of my friends say, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plan. Yeah, right. And for me, it's been one more of just, um, okay, well, that seems to be consistent with what I'd like to do. Or, oh, that sounds like fun. Let's do that. And still be taking prudent action. And not having, oh, no, it isn't. I don't see how it totally aligns with. And I I think one of the things that you had, it's having that vision, having that vision of the future, knowing that's what um, in the long run that we're moving towards. And it's it's kind of that what you think about, you bring about. So if you're positive and you're moving forward, then that's what you bring about. If you're negative and things are, um, all you think about is the worst case, then that's what you bring about. That is so true. That is, that is literally true, (laughs) right? The more we find things to complain about, let me rephrase it. The more we complain, the more we find things to complain about. Exactly. The more we're grateful, the more we find things to be grateful about. Oh, that's so true. I mean, that's one of the things that I also had started in, and uh, coached my clients in is that uh, a gratitude practice every day from three to five things. What are you grateful for? And, you know, I say, oh, that's kind of thanking God for his gifts. And even on the worst possible day, there are at least 
the re-thing that you can be grateful for, even if it's the bed you're sleeping in, the food in the refrigerator, and paid utility bills. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Gotta don't overlook all of these things that we're taking for so much for granted. Mm-hmm. Another piece um, to add on to the gratitude, because we we talk we hear a lot about gratitude. I saw in that article this week, and I don't remember where I saw it, but it was talking about the experience of awe, right? Where you have that whole feeling, um, you know, a, a common um, description of this is being in the Grand Canyon, right? It's a full mm-hmm. body experience. All of your senses are are involved and it just feels like, oh my gosh, I'm connected to everything. Everything's connected to me. And most of us don't take trips to the Grand Canyon on a regular basis, but we might walk around our neighborhood on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. And so we can find awe in, oh my gosh, like the changes of the season. Look at this little flower coming up or, you know, noticing what the neighbors are putting up for the holidays and, and just being like, oh my God, that is amazing that they're doing that. That raises our vibrations. And again, then it gives us more, we, we tune our eyes to look for more of those things. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I've kind of, over the years, I love to um, take photographs as well, especially when I travel. And my favorite photographs are those of those uh, inspiring kind of experiences. So it's almost like I've collected those kinds of pictures. And when I go back and look at those pictures, it's like a catalog of awe-inspiring experiences. And some of them include some of the fun things like Halloween decorations or uh you know, an Easter bunny in a restaurant at Easter time. And, you know, just just the things that um, are for the moment, maybe a little out of place with the ordinary. And uh, like the sunset and the colors of the sunset. So, so, and that happens every day. Right. Yes. So there's lots yeah. of opportunities to see the good and to feel the good. Um, let's shift to talking about your book. Okay. How does your book relate to these these conversations that we're having? Well, my book is called Everything I Learned About Life I Learned on Vacation. And um, planning to travel is a process. And it starts with having that vision of where you want to go. I mean, it's kind of the classic bucket list. And where do you want to go? And what do you want to do? And who do you want to do it with? And and what time of the year do you want to be going? And all of those kinds of things. And so the book actually started when I was uh, on vacation with my husband and we'd gone to New Orleans and we thought we were going to have a certain level of accommodation. And we got to this well-used Best Western (laughs) and we got into our room and the uh, only chair 
the chair at the desk was lopsided. And when we called to try and get either a new room or a new chair, it was, sorry, but there's no available in the hotel. And the bed was kind of squeaky. And I mean, it was just such a letdown. And I was so disappointed and so upset and so furious. I sat down and I started journaling about this. And I was journaling and journaling and journaling. And this is another one of the things that I've learned to do when I have no other outlet for what's going on. And, and then I, I spent some of the disappointment by the process of physically writing across the paper. And a little later, I was reading, I, I was describing the experience to a friend. And she said, Sherry, you have so many travel adventures from all of the trips that you've taken. You need to write the stories. And so I wound up taking, again, kind of like that serendipity little thing from the universe and, and started to just go through the process of, of going on vacation, from choosing a vacation, having that vision of it, to preparing for the vacation and, and uh, doing the packing and making the plans and, or making the plans and doing the packing. And then um, just the adventures that happened along the way. And in many respects, it was the misadventures and how in those misadventures, I had to call on, you know, and really pull up from myself that deep courage to address and confront the situation. I mean, like that hotel room. Right. Well, and what's interesting that came up for me as you were describing that is vacation to me is one of those times where of all the times in my life, I don't want to have to deal with these misadventures, mm -hmm. right? I have this bias against, I'm all about no misadventures here. It's vacation. So yet it's, to what I'm hearing you say is it's these misadventures that really bring in a the stories and the learning experiences. It it does do that. And at the same time, it allows you to then appreciate when things on vacation are exactly that faultless, awesome, inspired kind of experience that you want to have. And so, you know, I talk about a, a lot of those and, a, and many of the adventures also took place when I was traveling for business. So it's kind of, did I learn this scale vacationing? Did I learn it on business travel? How did one help the other? And so I talk about some of those experiences. And the book is just filled with little stories about situations in different places all around the world. And then the lessons that I took from them. So at the end of each chapter, there's a list of lessons that, that came as a result of the situation. Could you give us a taste of what one of these stories and lessons might uh, look like or sound like? Well, 
Uh, there was one situation where I was in Africa and I was in Zimbabwe near the um, Victoria Falls. And I would walk from Victoria Falls back to my hotel. And every time I would walk by this one area, it was like a, a fair or um it was really a place where the locals would display their wares and entice tourists to come in and buy uh, African souvenirs. And I discovered in the process of doing that, and I'd been told this, that uh, I could bargain my way into a better price on some things, especially when dealing with some of the natives. And so, uh, and of course, you know, they, they're very astute business people. You know, this is how they, they feed their families. And so I discovered that I, I would practice bargaining and I got some great prices on some beautiful African carved animals and carvings of other kind. And, and what I discovered is that negotiation process is the very same negotiation process that you use in everyday life in how you may structure either a business deal or you may be buying something uh, like a piece of furniture or something. You don't always have to accept the very first price. Maybe it's a fixed price, but there may be other given takes. Maybe you can get um, a warranty period extended, or you could get a special finish on a piece of furniture to keep it um Oh, stain-proofed or something. Sure, sure. So it sounds like one of those, um, kind of going back to what you were saying earlier about making a decision. So once you recognize, oh my gosh, negotiation is a possibility here, that opened up a door to all kinds of possibilities versus the, the way we do shopping, right? We look at the price tag, is that a value to me or not? And we make a decision in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. But now you've got this awakening, I'll say, um, around negotiations and like, oh my gosh, like I don't have to just accept the first offer that's being given to me. How did that open up other things for you? The negotiation process? Right. Well, I had, uh, uh, in one position I was in, I was responsible for contracts on um, technical equipment like uh, phones and phone switches and computers and things of that nature. So it was then I would be in negotiation with a vendor and typically they'd have a contract that would cover, you know, a group of purchases and then maybe a, a block release of them. So you might get uh, negotiate for a thousand computers and you'd have them release 
100 at a time or something. And there'd be provisions in the contract for one thing or another. And I'd go through the contract and I would ask if the a provision for something could be changed to read something else. And most times they were amenable to that. And it became one of those things that if you don't ask, they can't say yes. Wow. I can just imagine all of the ways that this one lesson can be applied in our own experiences. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's not just about finance, right? It's also about no. negotiations on collaboration. What are you willing to do? What am I willing to do? Mm-hmm. And are you willing to change that? I know this is what we first talked about, but this is how it's evolving and and continuing to renegotiate because I think we get into this, well, I'll speak for myself, get into this mindset. This is what we agreed on. And that means that we, we got to stick to that till the end. But what if that agreement no longer works, you know, two weeks down the road or two months, at least knowing that I could come back or now you're inspiring me. I can come back and say, could I also... Would you consider this, right? I'm I'm looking for a win-win. I'm not looking here to bail on commitments exactly. that were made. But can this isn't winning for me anymore. This would look like winning. Is that something that we could do? Yes. And it is that that's such a crucial piece of this whole thing. It is that win-win situation where no matter what it is, that it is a good deal for both parties. Right. And that's successful negotiation. It's not devastating your partner. Correct. Yeah. Phenomenal. So, so your book is filled with these kinds of stories. Um, mm-hmm. What is your vision for this book? Well, my vision for the book is really to uh, inspire others in um, you know, feeling comfortable traveling, um, picking up some life uh, benefits. And it also kind of models the process of being able to have a vision, to go from a vision to achieving it, and then to, at the end, evaluate and reevaluate the experience and then revision after that. And one of the important pieces is always the be willing to ask for help in situations, whether it's help of a travel uh, associate, it's the help of uh, a partner in planning, uh, it's the help of a, a coach in a, a life mentoring situation. So my vision for this book is to be useful on its own. And I've already gotten feedback from those who were my beta readers that it, it has been. And then to just in, entertain people. So it's got kind of a multiple uh, mixed media kind of intention. Okay. So Sherry, you've created this book. Um, it's about inspiring. Now tell me a little bit, is there a direct connection between this book and your business or are you doing your business kind of here? And the book is a, a, um, 
compilation of your own lessons and experience? Well, while the book is a compilation of my own lessons and experience, many of those same lessons and experiences I use in my business. I mean, one of the things that I do with, um, you know, especially professional women over 40 who are going through a a critical time or a, a time of discomfort or crisis. Maybe it's, uh, you know, a bankruptcy or a divorce or, or they become an empty nester or they retired. And when in some of these situations expects it to be, you know, such a wonderful experience, but in fact, what's happened is a life dream has been achieved. And then there's that emptiness and pause of now what? And so the lessons that I've learned along the way and my own experience in the dashing of dreams, whether good or bad, has been how, how do you build a new one? And how do you then work the path of achieving it? And just like a vacation has a logical flow to it, so does uh, creating a dream and working towards it. Beautiful. So, so am I hearing you correctly then that your ideal client is going through some sort of transition? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so maybe they've achieved a dream and they're wondering what's next, or maybe they've always had a dream that they haven't been able to get to. You help them. Mm -hmm. get yes, there. Okay. exactly. Or maybe they've uh, been in a career, they've achieved in a career um, what they had set as a dream and or, or they hadn't quite gotten to that dream and they realized that they either no longer wish to pursue it or they are never going to in their current capacity achieve it. And so now it becomes that, well, I had too much of my work life left, my life left. Uh, what am I going to do? And, and that there's a sense of loss. And then there's that sense of, of what's next. I find that interesting. Now, uh, is there an age group that you tend to target? Um, usually a woman over 40. Someone, and that includes even women, you know, over 60 who may have retired or who are looking for a new life after retirement. So, you know, it's, it's, I know it's a broad age group, but there are, there's commonality in that, uh, you know, a new dream required. Right. Oh, I love that. Well, and, and I don't know if you've noticed this or, or if this is just something that I've, I'm noticing is that there, it seems like at 40 for women in particular, I find that we we start to ask ourselves those questions. So up mm -hmm. until that point, I'm making huge generalizations here, but up until that point, we've pretty much done what we were told to do. We we followed the path that we were supposed to follow that, um, you know, had the blessings of our family and all of that. And then at 40, regardless of whether or not we were really happy with those choices or not, we're at 40 saying, what, what do I want? Yes, right? exactly. 
And and then we have to overcome all of these stories or, or the beliefs that we had mm-hmm. that we shouldn't even want anything. And so while we feel this want bubbling up inside us, we have these messages that say, oh, well, who am I to want this? Who am I to want yes. a million dollar balance sheet? Right. And yes. so we don't even let our, our dreams even come into a vision because we've already shut them out. Yes. How, how do you help your clients around that? Well, a lot of it comes from that validation that it is okay to want something more. And that maybe there is a, a, a secret dream in addition to that. Is this all there is kind of question that comes up all too frequently. And many times it's undoing uh, some of the beliefs that were instilled in us as a child or as a young woman that you should be satisfied this way or, um, you know, around money, it's you're supposed to have X, Y, Z. And sometimes we don't realize we have those beliefs. So you kind of have to catch them uh, in those odd moments. But it's identifying those beliefs that run your life and to choose again for yourself. And then to really look at creating a, a vision to have the freedom to create a new vision or a new dream for your life to again choose it. And it doesn't mean you have to get rid of everything you've got. It's it's just how do you kind of steer into a different direction? And so some of it is just giving women the permission to do that and then providing them some guidance along the path in order to do it. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest obstacle that your clients face? It may be the willingness to recognize that they do deserve a a different or a happier future. So if they're not doing that, what are they doing? They're just kind of accepting the day-to-day. I guess this is all there is. Or they're starting to question, is this all there is? Is there something else? So it may be an awakening. Right. Yeah. Is this all there is? Am I capable of more? Because I believe that there's part of us, you know, that divine part of us that isn't bound by any of the rules that, that we put on ourselves. And I think that inner part of us just keeps giving us, nudging us, keeps nudging us into Mm -hmm. growing more. It's internal. It's not happening outside of us. It's coming from within us. And I think that. And, and and a lot of us don't recognize that, first of all, because we've just been so conditioned to tune that out, 
to, to not even listen to ourselves. We should be listening, especially women, right? I think as women, we're especially taught to listen to everybody else, but not necessarily to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I truly believe that it's never too late to start in a new direction. That it doesn't matter how old you are, you can become an artist. You can become a um, an author. You can go back to school and get um, educated or trained to do something new and different. I mean, I went back to school after I'd spent decades in finance. And I took courses in fashion design and photography because they had been a passion forever. And I just thought it would be something fun to do. And it was. And I got a whole new insight and a whole new sense of personal freedom. And it set me off on new adventures. Yes. So as we're coming to our close here today, if someone was listening and they, they recognize like, oh yeah, I do feel like I'm, there's, there's something else here. Maybe I feel like I'm settling and and that doesn't feel good to me. What would you say to them as what's that first action step that you can take to get that path that's going to lay out for, uh, open up for them? What's the first thing they can do? Well, the first thing that they can do is to uh, allow themselves to daydream. Uh To just like when you were a kid, take some time and go for a walk or sit quietly somewhere and just daydream. Just daydream. And that'll open up the next path, the next step. You don't have to decide it any more than that. But what would you say the decision would be? The decision would be give yourself permission to one daydream and then two, pursue whatever comes out of those daydreams. Even if it's checking it, getting a book uh, about it or to ask questions to someone or to Google it. Or um, just like you do with the bucket list of vacation ideas, the very same thing, but it's a little more at stake. What do you want to do with your life? What's next? I love that you brought it back to that, to to the book and to that metaphor, because it is such a great metaphor, right? For how Mm -hmm. we're creating our lives. Mm -hmm. I I really am grateful that you have created this because it is it's so accessible. It's so easy to mm-hmm. hear lessons about negotiation when we're talking about, you know, being on vacation and then how that lesson applies to us back at home in our daily experience. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. And throughout the whole entire process. In fact, you know, I make a comparison uh, that many times people spend more time planning their vacation than they spend planning their life. Yet you can use that same process to also plan your life. And it starts with daydreaming in the bucket list. Beautiful. Sherry, this has just been such a wonderful conversation. And, and 
I just love the way you describe the challenges that you help your clients uh, overcome and the way that you help them overcome it. It just, it feels so gentle to me and I'm sure that your clients are feeling the same thing. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So for those listeners, again, that are are, are recognizing they've, they've got that little voice inside their head that's saying, mm, there's something more, how can people get a hold of you? Well, my website is called the reinventionplaybook.com. And on there, I have contact information so they can reach out that way. They can either schedule a call or they can send me an email. It's the reinventionplaybook.com. Excellent. And we will have the link in the description for uh, people can link, uh, click on that as well. Um, and for listeners too, uh, uh, as, as you know, we have a Consciouspreneur magazine and the next issue will be coming out in October. So uh, look for those links that will also be in the uh, description below. And Sherry is, again, one of those individuals that has the gifts and the talents to help you as an entrepreneur take your life and your business to the next level. So once again, Sherry, thank you so much for sharing your gifts and talents with us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you. It's been a delight to be here. Thanks for listening. We're not just a podcast. We're a community. So before you go, we invite you to join the Consciouspreneur Mastermind community. We are a powerful movement of high-achieving, impact-focused entrepreneurs who are leading the charge, making the world a better place through business. We offer a comprehensive suite of tools, techniques, support, and direction, all rolled up into a community-driven, inspirational launchpad. We will nudge you out of your comfort zone and into your genius zone so that you can lead your business with clarity and focus. If you're looking for a community of like-minded and like-spirited people who support your personal development and business growth, well, you found the right place. Plus, we have a lot of fun. After all, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Remember, we're all in this together. Check out the link in the details in the description below and help our community grow by liking, subscribing, and sharing the content. We look forward to having you join us next week. Until then.